the marketing efforts to create leads to create awareness how important is brand storytelling and SaaS marketing and what's the best way to tell a story would it be through video marketing blog posts or something else you know storytelling is marketing that's the that's the whole principle of the ethos of marketing and my my recommendation in all of that is actually interestingly enough um we've worked with lots and lots of brands when it comes to creating something of like a marketing test plan and that would be the suggestion that i have um, is create a test plan that allows for um, all kinds of different media whether it's social or it's a video that's you know a link embedded in an email or it's something you're posting on linkedin and take a look at those metrics that i mentioned before and get a sense of where it is that your customers are meeting you and build upon that, build upon the baseline that you see um, because not every channel is gonna work for your particular audience. Jenny, so so you're senior director of business strategy and you're, you work for one of the largest cloud-based technology companies in the world. And you've been a marketing strategy consultant for the last 15 years, and you had the opportunity to work with multiple uh, marketing teams across nearly every industry, including retail and most recently life services, uh, sciences and healthcare. So I see that you have a master's in IT. What made you want to go into marketing? Well, it's interesting. Um, so Chris, despite my best efforts to sort of stay in the uh, front-end programming realm, which was a part of the the IT program. Mm -hmm. And it was a job that I did for some number of years, but despite my best efforts to sort of stay in that, mm -hmm. um, I kept feeling this weird draw to marketing, but marketing tech and also sort of marketing tech services, okay. which then gets like a little bit more niched. Um, so it really just, I came by it naturally. You know, somebody once said many, many years ago, uh, just sort of allow yourself in your career to flow where the water goes naturally. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think it was that. It's that, you know, behind the scenes, sort of nights and weekends, I'm the ultimate consumer. I mean, I'm that person that's like buying things that I see on social media or checking out new brands or downloading apps and just getting a sense of how they work. Mm -hmm. And with that, I think it's helped me translate um, what I've seen in my kind of day-to-day -day consumerism side to customers to make recommendations about, you know, you certainly need a technology to empower a thing, but it all stems from marketing needs and marketing use cases. So Honestly, I, I think it I came by it pretty naturally. Yeah, that's a that's good. That's good. Uh it's a good story there too. Because with me in the legal background, I worked in there for eight years. And the next logical step would have been to get into a get into a law school, but I had no desire to do that. And I love the storytelling aspect of marketing and PR. So that's really drew me in. And that's why I made the switch at the beginning of uh July to from a paralegal to a marketing uh, person. And I love it and I'll never look back. So so That's I have nice. Learned from you a little bit, so thank you for that. Um, but since I'm new to the industry, what are a few keys to success for marketing teams? If you're like me, just starting out, or 
have you have a new product or something like that? Let's see. Um, I have sort of a top three in mind. Um, these are these are recommendations that I have again, just in having a chance to walk the halls uh, at enterprise businesses all the way down to kind of small mom and pop um, size businesses. Number one is, and I would label this as probably the most crucial of the three. Um, it is to have a vision and goals in hand and the nucleus of what the sales team does and what the marketing team does, quite frankly, really needs to stem from a top line senior leadership vision and goals plan. Uh, it's a little bit astonishing how many times I've worked with customers and asked a simple question of what are your goals and objectives for the year? And I met with some tactical things, but I'm not presented with things like, well, we need to grow our organic customer base by 5%, or we need to hit a target of, of you know, a sales conversion with our activities by 20%. I mean, it's that's not to say they don't exist, but um, I certainly would recommend companies of any size starting off a new year with coming up with your, your very top line vision and goals, and then allowing the teams to sort of cascade that amongst each of the practices in the business. So if there's the sales team, they need to come up with their plan for how to hit those goals and targets. And naturally, same with service, marketing. Um, and it's going to be different how each team approaches it, but I really do think that that helps the organization um, sprint together as a, as a united front. Uh, the second one that I would say um, in terms of, you know, success is really around having great analysts be a part of your team, um, hire good talent for this, and leverage technology and dashboards in a way that allows for real-time reporting that all of the business units can see. So again, this links back to sales, service, marketing, technology support, IT, whatever the facets of the business are, set up your dashboards, allow them to be real time so that all the stakeholders can kind of see the same thing. Again, this is just so crucial to hitting top line goals and objectives. Um, but it's another kind of astonishing thing that I find to be just a bit of a weakness in many businesses. Mm. You know, it has a lot to do with manpower. It has a lot to do with the expense of having analytics. And then also, I think it has to do with uh, teams having access to data, but then not having a really cohesive plan on how to use that and how to interpret the results. Um, I know lots of great data analysts that are, you know, they're sitting in quarterly review meetings and they're bringing great ideas to the table, but then there's just not really a, a, a traction or an adoption of what they're, they're recommending. So that's bullet number two. Um, and bullet number three for success, I would say, has a lot more to do with this activity of listening to customers. Mm -hmm. um, another very surprising takeaway I've had from working in the industry is Many customer teams send out surveys, maybe it's a post-purchase or it's a, you know, you've reached out to customer support survey. And a lot of times the intel that they get back isn't really used. It's not used by the customer service teams. 
uh, in the same way that it's used by the marketing teams, in the same way it's used by the IT teams. I mean, customers will tell you all day long where where there are um, you know faults in the business, and uh, my recommendation would be to you know have a game plan to take those those suggestions and those recommendations to heart and weave them into your annual planning. So we've got these top 10 or 15 conditions or issues that customers are experiencing and let's make sure that we've folded them into our annual run rate plan. That's awesome. That's that's really good. Now for analytics, would you if somebody starting out, would you say they should, you know, just look at the Google Analytics to start out or is another tool that you would recommend? There are lots of tools. I mean, I'm a little bit biased to Tableau personally, um, but Google Analytics uh, also has a ton of fantastic features. Whatever it is that you use. So let's just pretend we're talking about email marketing as an example, um, applying tracking tags to your URLs and having open time metrics. That's that's sort of a table stakes for that particular channel. And same could be said for mobile metrics and app metrics. So it's not just the digital channels, but I, I would make a recommendation of having your analytics dashboard set up in a way that you can see where the lead or the activity came from and then where the downstream conversion um, was impacted. So are you getting more leads that convert via you know mobile messaging is it email is it email marketing is it your print media is it social ads and all of that can actually just be fed into a dashboard um, there are lots of tools that can can be used for that level of aggregation and then the next step has to do with leveraging the data so uh you know find a tool where you can create segments and that kind of thing out of the data that you see in that dashboard, mm -hmm. making life a whole lot easier for the downstream teams. Mm -hmm. That's great advice. Uh, let's switch gear here over. Um, but marketing efforts to create leads, to create awareness, how important is brand storytelling in SaaS marketing? And what's the best way to tell a story? Would it be through video marketing, blog posts, or something else? There's lots of research in the wild to indicate, you know, things like video do really, really well. And it's and it's kind of a no brainer as to why um, we, regardless of your age, we as a people tend to gravitate towards TV and that type of media. So a larger screen to a smaller screen, we gravitate towards that. Um, hence the, the popularity and success of YouTube and Netflix and so on. Um, so the data suggests that, yes, video in any kind of format, whether it be a short clip or a reel on Instagram or a video that's created and put into, you know, a YouTube kind of an environment, those do tend to really outperform a static content um, body of messaging but at the end of the day, honestly, I think I would take a quick step back and just say that, you know, storytelling is marketing. That's the that's the whole principle of the ethos of marketing. And my my recommendation in all of that is actually, interestingly enough, um, we've worked with lots and lots of brands when it comes to creating something of like a marketing test plan. Mm -hmm. And that would be the suggestion that I have um, is create a test plan that allows for 
um, all kinds of different media, whether it's social or it's a video that's, you know, a link embedded in an email or it's something you're posting on LinkedIn. And take a look at those metrics that I mentioned before and get a sense of where it is that your customers are meeting you and build upon that, build upon the baseline that you see um, because not every channel is going to work for your particular audience and not every media type is going to work for your audience. You may have, you know, uh, as an example, you may have an audience of very underrepresented minorities that don't have the same level of access to technology as a separate company that only has, you know, a desktop or mobile app. So those would be my recommendations is to create something of a test plan, dive into where your conversion attribution is coming from, and then year over year, just sort of improvise on what you see. And a sub-bullet of that, Chris, and I'm sure you know this really well, uh, doing your role, is please don't make marketing components your New Year's resolution. So that's a mistake many businesses make. They think, well, I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to do it for a month and I'm going to see how it goes. Sometimes you get decent, you know, uh, kind of unbiased intel from that, but usually you don't. Usually you really have to create a longer term test plan and put all of your efforts into the different categories just to sort of see what, you know, what surprising data may come out of that. Yeah, that, that's good because I'm starting a short, I'm starting to revitalize our YouTube channel that hasn't been used in years. Um, and we, we created a, um, an intro video for our company, which is going, has been put on our YouTube channel as well as our website. But I also wanted to play around with YouTube shorts now, mm-hmm. giving um, our audiences bite-sized one-minute shorts, you know, just to see how they perform. Um, and, you know, but like you said, not just make a New Year's resolution, have like a month worth of stuff. And if it doesn't perform the way I think it should, just let it go because it's the life cycle of it. Just sometimes it takes six months to a year to pick up, you know. So absolutely. And your your particular customer base may not know where to find you and uh, how to access that information. I mean, I have countless I live in Atlanta and I have countless examples of businesses that don't tend to update their website very often. And so those that are kind of a little bit more comfortable with things like Instagram kind of know, well, let me look this business up on Facebook or Instagram and just sort of see if that's where the updates live and not too terribly surprising, that's where the updates live. So uh, another part of this recommendation that I have is businesses are thinking about improvements. It's also make it really easy to find where you are. You know, you can send out a whole host of emails to new customers and include the links and say, This is how often that we're updating our presence on these different social media channels. Find us on LinkedIn. You know, our website is always getting updated, but just make them aware um, and help to try to meet customers where they naturally are. Yeah, that makes sense because I I push out a a monthly email and we have this little bitty social media emblem, um, you know, logos on the bottom of the email that nobody sees. Um, so I probably should move those up and bump them up. Yeah, bump them up and also bring awareness to them. Say, hey, we're follow us on LinkedIn or um, follow us on YouTube because nobody 
on YouTube because we never post anything on YouTube. So now we got to show them that, hey, we're out there, you know, start engaging with, with us there and check us out there. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think that it's, it is fascinating. And I know that many marketing teams struggle with exactly the thing you're describing, which is having to be in so many places at one time. Um, which makes sense. The beauty of, of creating video content and snippets is the reusability of it. Uh, I hear this a lot from very, you know, even enterprise marketing teams where they'll say, well, we don't have the content or the creative for that. Meaning we've updated our website, but we don't have something in place for email. And my response is it's, it can all be the same. Even if you as a marketing team feel like, gosh, we're pushing the same content on multiple channels. Isn't that a little dry? It's okay. It's okay to do actually, um, because not everybody's going to be visiting all of those channels. Exactly. And, and just the, you know, leveraging kind of what you have, make it your own and not all of it's going to translate. So, you know, lengthy videos aren't going to translate on a, on a service like Instagram or some other social media, but they will translate on LinkedIn. They'll translate on YouTube and they'll translate on your website. So, um, yeah, leverage what you have. You don't necessarily, you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I'm a big proponent of repurposing my content. I need to use one piece of content and, you know, use it in various ways. So, uh, to help me that way. Mm -hmm. um, with your 15 years of marketing strategy consultant experience, what is one of the most important lessons that you've learned over the course of your marketing career that you can share with me? I am going to revisit, uh, I'm going to revisit my bullet number one from before and say, as we're heading into this new year for many businesses, some businesses were still standing in Q4, others just kicked off the new year. This is an amazing time to get senior leadership together um, and map out that vision and ensure that it sort of spiders down into each uh, individual contributor level even. I really can't sort of stress that enough um, because the importance of having the whole organization sprint in the same direction means you're reducing, you know, bloat in the company, you're improving organizational efficiency, you are all hitting similar goals, you're sharing what's working and what doesn't. So I, I would say I'd revisit that again. And, um, and then, of course, you know, the strategic planner in me says, revisit that every quarter, see how you're hitting those targets and goals, and allow them to move. So if you feel like in the new year, you know, your particular company is focused heavily on, say, uh, new marketing tactics or reaching your customer base in a certain way. And if you hit the next quarter milestone and you check in and say, so far these things worked, uh, you know, let's continue to enhance that. And as I mentioned before, let's not completely ghost the things that you're trying that are new. Um, just map that out as a part of your test plan. So I would come back full circle to the importance of having very specific, smart goals. Smart goals are important. Uh, you have to have something to measure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And now um, for uh, people that may have just started in the industry, what are two books you recommend anyone should read about marketing that may have helped you throughout the course of your career? 
Well, if someone is in the email marketing world, that's really the world in large part that I've come from. Digital marketing is a heading, but I've spent a lot of time sort of thinking about email marketing specifically. If anybody's thinking about that space, and if even if you run your own business, if you are a real estate agent, um, if you have a cleaning business, it doesn't matter. You're probably going to be sending emails out. And the number one starting place is a book called Email Marketing Rules, and it's by a guy named Chad White. Uh, he is an amazing writer about kind of email marketing best practices. And in my opinion, there are a lot of fantastic blog articles and there's, you know, there's other supporting materials out there, but that's the number one. That'd be, that would be my go-to. Um, the second one might actually get a little bit of an eye roll for people that have been in marketing for more than a year. And it's anything written by Seth Godin. And Seth Godin, um, industry leader, he's now a professor and writes, I think he's written 18 or 19 books, largely about marketing, and they all have different flavors to them. Um, and also, if you're into audiobooks, that's another really kind of great way to, to take that in. And there's one um, book in particular that he's written, it's called This Is Marketing, and there's an excerpt from it that actually I save because I, I feel like it's such a good reminder day in and day out um, of ways that we can kind of think about marketing. And it's this, and I have it bookmarked on my computer. And it says, marketing is not a battle and it's not a war or even a contest. Marketing is the generous act of helping someone solve a problem, their problem. It's a chance to change the culture for the better. Marketing involves very little in the way of shouting, hustling, or coercion. It's a chance to serve instead. And I cannot tell you how important that is, in my opinion, of a good marketing team's ethos. Because just because you know your objective is to sell more cabinetry or mattresses or cell phone minutes, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Um, it's really about meeting your customer where they are and figuring out ways to be helpful. In turn, you often will hit those same business goals, but it's, it's, there's a, there's a flavor agent in how to get there without it being so heavy handed and spammy. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Seth Godin for the win. I have that one as well as an audio book, but I should get the hardcover, you know, so I can highlight stuff because I keep forgetting, you know, I run through it in the audio book, I'm doing stuff and then I, ha I halfway listen. So I need to actually get the hardcover of it. So I'll yeah, so it, it, this is marketing. Um, there's just so many good nuggets in there that mm -hmm. if you, maybe you read it and you're thinking to yourself, I just, I'm not into any more business books. That's the starting and the beginning of it. I think, I think you'll actually get a lot out of it. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. Another thing I might suggest, I know you asked for kind of two books, but another one that I might recommend, and again, you might get an eye roll from this because everybody's talking about it. Um, Atomic Habits is a fantastic book for people who, you know, we're, we're living in such a different day and age now. There's a lot of remote work. There's a lot of people that still have to kind of get their their work work done in the day 
Um, Atomic Habits is a really fantastic book slash resource for how to get more principled about your time, your day, content planning calendars, whatever it may translate into for you. Um, again, I know it's kind of an eye roll because it's been around and everybody's referencing it, but I suspect that that's for a good reason. I've not heard of it, so I'm going to have to look it, look it up. Yeah, highly recommend it. You'll probably see on any good bookseller site, doesn't have to be Amazon, um, that it's always kind of a number one bestseller. Okay, wonderful. Thank you for that information. One more question with this interview series. I'm always trying to find other marketers that may be able to share some insightful information like you did today. Is there anyone out there that you think I should um, talk with? You know, I love this question. Um, and I'll tell you why. I love this question because it allows maybe for a little bit of like internal team soul searching. Uh, when I've had a chance to work on some engagements with customers, a big part of what I do is either workshopping or interviewing our customer and our customer's customer. Mm -hmm. And a a facet of that is spending time understanding who are these true advocates of this business. And, you know, there are plenty of real loyalists for right. any business. Again, I would reference, even if you uh, have a very small business and you have 20 customers in your portfolio, you have a loyalist in that group. Mm -hmm. And my suggestion is reach out to the most loyal mm -hmm. people of your business um, number one, they're going to tell you some very interesting and insightful things you may not know. Number two, it gives them a chance to uh, kind of showcase their interest in your own company. And as you mentioned in the, the the front of this conversation, I mean, people like to share things and share about themselves. So it might give one of your end customers a good platform to, uh, I don't know, sort of vocalize their their perspectives on the world. So go for your uh, most loyal customers or advocates first. That makes sense. Yeah, we uh, we have a user conference for our business um, in a month and I put together the speaker profiles. And so I know everybody that submitted to wanted to be a speaker on our for our conference, they're one, they're fans of our product and two, they're willing to share their knowledge. So I'm going to reach out to those guys for sure and girls. That's perfect. Yeah, you've got built in the hand raisers. You can't beat the hand raisers for any True. business. True. Um, so yeah, you've got kind of that built in pipeline of, of not just people to interview, but also people that you could be, have a part of your, you know, loyalist um, board of directors. So you know, if you're a company and you're rolling out new technology, there's your pilot team. Mm -hmm. That's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, Jenny, I really appreciate it. That's all I had for you today. And, um, you know, I really thank you for your time. Hey, Chris, it's been great to chat with you today. Good luck with the conference coming up. Um, yeah, I hope I hope Hannon Hill is off to really great things this year. They should be. Thanks so much. All Bye. right. Take care. Bye-bye.